Everybody back again is another scaring is sharing. It's a place where we come together and we share scares with each other and all of you. Hello. Hello, listeners. And hello to you, Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And hello to you, Brandy Joe, the flaming Scream Queen Planbeck. Jeremy Rusk, how are you? Not too bad. How are you doing? You know, it's cooler today. It's nice. That's, I it. know, right? The the fact that it's been like 90 degrees for several days in a row, uh, I was like, 70 is going to feel cold. Uh, it does, yeah. I have I have jeans on as opposed to shorts like the last oh. few days. So I'm like, ooh, it's feeling chilly now. It is. It's like, bring on the fall, bring on the Halloween. I know horror boob who listens to us loves Halloween. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? I mean, we're both Halloween maniacs, too, of course. We are. But, like, I mean, he's been posting, like, Halloween decorations lately and stuff, so. Yeah, he's he's ahead of it. I usually, uh, I mean, I'm a summer birthday, so we got to get past my birthday first, and then I'm ready for the fall. Usually... Coming up on Labor Day. I'd say it's usually around Labor Day where I'm like, okay, summer's done. It's fall time. Let's get the Halloween stuff going. So August 13th, your birthday is around the corner. Uh yeah. I will always remember because it fell on Friday the 13th. Yep, on a Friday the 13th. So it's easy when to I was camping. Uh, so yep, that 13. And I'm <laughs> I'm already thinking about that episode for we do around my birthday. So you're gonna be doing it alone. I'm not gonna be here. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded very like like I'm going to die. Maybe. Yep. I mean, who knows? Time yeah. will tell. I mm-hmm. might I might still be here. I, I don't know. I mean, we're all dying technically. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Just at different rates. So it's you know, it's really glass half glass half full, glass half empty, or whatever. It's it's that scenario. You're yeah. like, nope, you're just dying. How, however you want to take it, you know. <laughs> You're growing and you're learning, or you're dying and decaying. Or you could go, what is it in uh, Shawshank Redemption? Get busy living or get busy dying or whatever it is. Something like that. (laughs) I can't remember. I don't remember the line. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. So, Jeremy, you already know this, but whoever out there lives in Tappahannock, Virginia, and I may be butchering that name because it's not somewhere I'm familiar with, but whoever this person or group of people happen to be, listen to 66 episodes of our show in like a 48-hour period. And I mean, they may have gone through episode after episode being like, hate it, hate it, hate it, still hate it. This is the worst. Why am I doing this? I hate it, yeah. hate it, hate it. <laughs> yeah, so is that, and that's just like, they could have listened to like minutes, right? At a time yes. or, okay. Yes. Yeah, it could have been, but. But 66 different, that's crazy. Yeah, not crazy. Six, it's crazy good. Okay, let's be let's be clear. Yeah, I, somehow I feel like they weren't like hate it because that's a lot of episodes to go through. You know what? I also have another scenario. Sixty six, where you're like, uh, just I don't know. I have another scenario, which is this person like somehow it was set up that and they like fell asleep for a very long time and it just cycled through. 
That could happen too. They like six of our one episode or something and then fell asleep and it played a bunch more. And somehow it just kept playing all the downloaded. They just left their, they just left their device on and never (laughs) turned it off. So whoever's out there in Tappahannock, Tappahannock, Virginia, please write us. I want to know if you're still listening. Although, you know, I haven't seen an episode played from there lately because of course you know me and these analytics now so um mm-hmm. anyway i just had to say that that's um it's exciting it's an exciting time whoever you are if you catch up and you hear this episode when it comes out <laughs> and you're like that's me like that's yes me. right into us we want to know who it is speaking of writing in we have one terrorgram this week which we love cool and let, it, let her rip you let her rip. You know who it's from. Teacher Drew, I bet. You bet right. And Teacher Drew writes, Hey guys, episode 84. What an interesting and unique combination of movies. Another reason I love your format. I was excited to hear that Jeremy is writing a screenplay. We will hold you accountable and can't wait to see it. If only you had a friend who teaches English and film and could help edit the finished <gasps> script. This is cool true. face emoji. When your next episode airs, I will be listening in Seattle, land of my birth. Travel is therapeutic, and trust me, I need it. You might remember Underground Seattle from the movie Malignant. Yes, it's a real place, and I plan on taking a tour. I haven't seen it since I was a teen, and am sure I will look at everything with new eyes. Travel also means airports, planes, and hotels, which give me time to read. My novel this trip is Clown in a Cornfield. I'll let you know how it is, but if Clive Barker likes it, uh, dot 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 till next time my friends stay healthy stay happy stay you teacher drew in phoenix yeah that uh, book sounds fun isn't it one of those like paperback from hell's sort of things uh no that one it's it's modern because i know the paperbacks oh, okay. from hell are like reprints of older yes, books that yes. maybe like fell out of you know uh publishing and then they brought them back uh clown in a cornfield is a I got it. I it's been targeted, marketed at me through like Facebook and all that stuff, probably because I look at enough horror stuff. But it's like uh, I know it's technically a young adult novel. I think is what it falls under. But it's gotten rave reviews from like Stephen King and Clive Barker and guys like that. And um, I know there's a second one too. The author wrote Clown in a Cornfield too. And I really wanted to read them, so I'm excited to hear what Teacher Drew says about it. How is it not a horror film yet? I know, right? How has that not been scooped up? I'm sure somebody bought the rights. Like every every horror book that comes out, there's always some production company that like quickly swoops in on it. And it's just a matter of will it ever get made or not. But so speaking of that, there was this book, my all time favorite book, which is oh, it just looks like you know what? Clown and Cornfield looks like one of those paperback from hells. That looks yeah, I think by by design, which is I think yeah, why I thought that. Um, there was a my all-time favorite book is called The Secret History by Donna Tart. And mm-hmm. I read it in like the early 2000s. And it was always supposed to be a film. It was about like this group of kids at this like sort of like, I don't remember if it was like a prep school. I think it was like a high school, but there was like one of the kids who sort of got in with like the snobby in crowd. And there had like it started off with like a murder. And, you know, they were all like really into like Greek history or something. And they mm. had sort of this like weird cult. It oh. was so good. And I wanted a book of it. I mean, a movie of it so, so bad. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was like talks of like Gwyneth Paltrow doing one. And she was way too old in the first place. And, and it never happened. So I'm really sad. But it's nice when it can happen. And it's weird. The Time Traveler's Wife is having like a second resurgence because it's now a TV show on HBO, even though yeah. it already had a movie. 
It's like, that's crazy. We're living in that era now where things that have already been adapted are getting adapted all over again. There's like tons of examples of that. So, And I do love the original Time Traveler's Wife. And I heard the movie was not great, but I've heard the series is great. So I think I will give it a whirl. I know, speaking of uh, that concept, I just saw that the I Know What You Did Last Summer TV show is out now. Oh, out and horrible. That's why, yeah, I heard it wasn't great. I thought you were going to talk about Welcome to Dairy, which has had some, like, that's actually happening. Not yet, no. I know what you did last summer, which I just recently saw a trailer for it because I was watching The Boys on Prime, and then it was advertising that at me. That's Um, crazy. It's, like, long done, and everyone said it was absolutely the worst That's what I heard. So I was like, oh, I can't believe, you know, they redid it. But from, I never saw a trailer till now, and it looks like, did they go closer to the book? That's what Mm -hmm. it looked like or did they go further away i know there's honey there's honey in the trailer you see lots of honey okay because i know that <laughs> i know the i know the book and the original movie were like so far apart from yes. each other it's like yeah. lois duncan was like uh-uh but yeah welcome to dairy is happening mm-hmm. which is the prequel yeah to it to it so i guess they're gonna give you the history of pennywise which was sort of uh dabbled in in the book from what i remember there were like segments of book that were like from pennywise's or its point of view about its own history so i'm sure they're gonna be drawing from that and teacher drew i really want pictures of the underground seattle because that is so cool and sounds creepy and awesome yeah and have a great vacation you deserve it you're a teacher you're amazing and you should have fun. So go yes. for it. Do it. Speaking of, okay. I, I know it's only a matter of time, of course, with a new, there's a new Jurassic Park out. Um, I did just rewatch The Lost World, the original sequel to the original Jurassic Park, um, which, of course, you know, not as great. None of them are ever going to be as great as the original. That was like lightning in a bottle. Um, but it got me thinking how, okay, I'm sure they'll, they will inevitably remake Jurassic Park. Uh, you know, once they're sitting there like, what do we do with this franchise now? We've run it as far as we can go with these aging original <laughs> actors returning. What will we do next? And I imagine at some point we'll get a readaptation of the original novel, which I do think could be an interesting uh, concept because the original novel reads, I don't know if you ever read Jurassic Park, the book I did in high school, but it, it it's way more of a horror story than the movies ever did. Like it's, mm-hmm. I remember there's the violence is excessive and very like gratuitous in the book. So it's like, it, that would be interesting to see like a hard R Jurassic park. If they took the original and adapted the novel, like as it was written, it would be a way more gory and crazy story. So I'd be interested to possibly see an adaptation of that. And then that made me think too, as I watched the lost world, cause that was also based on it. You know, Michael Crichton wrote a sequel book called the lost world. Mm-hmm. And then they made the movie, but the movie barely has anything to do with the novel he wrote. Like it's got the same concept of going to a different island with dinosaurs and they're, you know, the dinosaurs are free roaming this time, but that's about it. Everything else is like totally different from well, his I mean, book versus the Jeff, movie. So Jeff Goldblum's character dies in the book. Yeah. And then he was but then so- in the book. Doesn't he, they just, they just bring him back even though he had died in the book. Yes. They just retconned it in the book where <laughs> uh, the character was so popular that Michael Crichton was like, all right, I'm just going to say that like, oh, they thought I was dead, but you know, I survived or whatever. That's so silly. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. And then in that book, again, it's another, like, it's a really 
suspenseful like jungle adventure in the second one where the movie kind of goes off into action movie territory and then they bring the t-rex to the city and you know they did so spielberg could do a little godzilla like riff of the t-rex rampaging through the city uh and you know it has nothing to do with that novel so i've always wanted to see michael crichton's lost world like actually uh adapted uh faithfully as a movie now is the movie is that the one where the little girl does like gymnastics to like that's right and she kicks a raptor out the window is that it yeah. Oh my God. So horrible. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, in general, that movie, it's got some real cheesy stuff, but I think it's another one that color I'm colored by nostalgia. Cause I remember seeing it in theaters. I was still, you know, a little guy. So it was, it was awesome that they made another Jurassic park. Um, it's still, it's got some good, I mean, Jeff Goldblum, how can he be terrible? He's always good in anything where he gets to just be Jeff Goldblum. So that's true. But yeah, it's a cheese fest. They all, and then they go rapidly, I think, downhill from there, or just, you know, they kind of now just sit in this very cheesy B movie zone now with every installment they make now. And I've not seen the, I'm going to go see the new one shortly. So I'm planning to see it tomorrow. Okay. I liked the new, the first one in the new trilogy. I haven't seen the second one, but I liked the first one. Yeah, World was fun. Uh, It was fun. It, It was definitely, again, I mean, What's the phrase they use? Fan service. Like it felt like it was a, they took a fanfic like script uh, and then turned it into a movie because it's got all this stuff that on the internet, you know, you feel like people were like, it'd be cool if they did this and this and this. And it seems like they listened to those people and then made a movie of it. Um, But Fallen Kingdom, the second part, I didn't think that was very good. Yeah, I did not hear good things about it. And the thing that I love so much about Jurassic World was that it brought us uh, Lauren Lupkus. And I love her. And she Mm. is what I remember about that movie, that she was just so funny. And -hmm. I was like, who is that girl? And every time I see her, it just makes me very happy. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. It it had good performances in it. And of course, we know my my love of the Howard clan is well documented between Clint Howard, Ron Howard, and Bryce Dallas Howard. I'm a fan of all of them. So if they're in anything, I'm watching it. Do you love Nosedive, the Black Mirror episode? Not seen it, as far as I know. Yeah, see, oh my God, Bla- it is Black so Mirror. Good. I've only seen a handful of episodes, and then for some uh, reason, I just I never got back to it. So now everyone's crazy about White Christmas, and I tried to watch it a million years ago. I mean, I was in not the right state of mind, but I just was like, I don't like this. It's dumb. It's long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone talks about how good that is. So I need to rewatch it, and I imagine I should do it around Christmas time. And mm-hmm. plus, John Hamm's hot. Although I yeah. saw him in a Geico commercial the other day. Or what, what's the one with Flo? What what commercial series? Progressive. Is that? Yeah, John Hamm is in progressive is pro- commercials now. I was. I came downstairs and I saw it on TV and I said to Joe, "Is that John Hamm?" And he was yeah. like, "Yeah." I'm like, "What the fuck is he doing?" <laughs> Sometimes people need a paycheck. I, I mean, guess. you got you got Brie Larson doing car commercials, and I was like, "Wasn't that Marvel money enough to like get you by?" Like, <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. That is, yeah, she does car commercials now, and oh, it's like, boy. huh, what is going on here? Well, Jeremy, yes, Nosedive is one of my all-time, I go back and forth on what my favorite Black Mirror episodes are, but it mm-hmm. is sometimes that one, and then also um, Hated in the Nation is my other one, which is like a mini-movie. I think we talked about that which one. Which one's Hated with, like, in the Nation? like, The Bees. Oh, I haven't seen that one either. Oh, God, it's so good. I love it. I have seen the one where the, the politician has to fuck a pig. That's the f- very first one. Yeah, yeah, the first season, and then there's also the white bear or whatever it's called where the woman wakes up in the house and do you know that one too that sounds familiar yeah and then like people are like following around with masks 
Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah, there's some good ones. And I've seen the movie Bandersnatch, the choose yep. your own adventure movie. That was cool. Yeah, I need to do that again. That was yeah. fun. I really yeah. and I I know it's coming back and I'm so excited for Black Mirror to come back. I didn't think like the last season was great, but I still enjoyed it with mm-hmm. like Miley Cyrus and there were a couple of other like it got really star-studded as it moved along in life, but I still appreciate. It. There's still like a, a small handful I haven't seen and I just need to do that sometime. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's it's very very cool. Yeah. Um did you watch anything else besides The Lost World? That's about it. Okay. I did not watch anything. I I did watch a really bad Lifetime movie. And I don't think I talked about it last week. It was with Melissa Joan Hart, and it was called Dirty Little Secret, and she was a hoarder. And at one point, she was like, what have you done to my things? Or something like that. (gasps) It got really dark. And spoiler alert, if you're going to watch it, sorry, skip ahead a little bit. But at the very end, she dies inside of her hoarding house. And her daughter, as opposed to letting people know that her mom was a hoarder, she burns the house down with her mother inside of it. Whoa. That's dark. It was dark. Cool. Um, it was very funny for a while, but uh, then it just got really bad. Um, yeah, I need to discuss. I, I need to like delve into some. I, I've heard some choice things about various yeah. Lifetime movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta watch more of these because I know they're up there with like between like Sci-Fi Channel, and I'm mm-hmm. excited. Like in the summer, they start running all the shark movies, which they have a billion terrible shark movies, and I'm like, I like those, and I gotta watch some of these terrible, like, Lifetime, like, especially the murder, like, related ones. I know those are supposed to be a lot of fun. So. Yeah, like Killer Nannies and stuff. There's a lot of that. Yeah, Killer Nannies. Isn't there one that there's, like, what is it, like, the Killer Doctor or something? There's one oh, about a doctor, sure. like, stalking some woman he's having an affair sure. with, but I heard those are great, so yeah. I gotta watch these. I, that's the only thing I watched. I did read a really since it's pride month still although i would read this and comment on it anyway but there was a really cool article on dread central called body horror and growing up trans did you read this article no i didn't see that one it was so cool um and it was all about how these body horror films to this particular you know the person who wrote the article like that they really related to them growing up because it was like sort of you know that your body is being taken over by something that you can't control and Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel correct and how much that spoke to them as a teen and then it was interesting because they said that you know these movies are typically made by cis people predominantly cis men who just you know can't imagine something taking over your body and working against you and mm-hmm. then they sort of talk about the hypocrisy that like if if you know cis white men all of a sudden started like growing boobs you know out of their bodies like that you know the whole world would shut down and figure out how do we how do we take care of this problem that's happening and it's like you know if if you're not that and you are like a transgender person like how hard it can be to get the help and the care that you need to, you know, be comfortable in your own body. But it was just a really cool article. You know, they talked about Alien and they talked about Tetsuo and mm. all sorts of things. And I just, I had never thought of that. Mm. And uh, and it was it was really cool. So, yeah, you know, it's sort of fascinating. That is fascinating. And it, it also makes you think, too, because, like, the films are made by uh, generally uh, straight, cisgendered, uh men and so it is portrayed in a way of like my body is failing and this is a it's horrible this is the horror of it so like where's the flip side of that concept where in more of like a trans humanism idea where 
your transformation is positive. Mm-hmm. Like where's the, where's the flip side of that where you're becoming something better? Yeah, and it's, better it's, than and it's, and it's what not you were playful. born into. Yeah, so it wouldn't be body horror necessarily, but like, yeah, like I want to see that idea. It's like for trans people, the body they were born to into is the body horror. Yeah, in so yeah. many ways, it, like yeah. you're saying, it's that like flip version of that. Yeah, and, and fascinating. And to go off into that concept too, I mean, all of us, it should be kind of a body horror, the body we're born into, because it's just going to decay and die. As I was saying earlier, <laughs> it's not like very great hardware we're given, uh, you know, and how humans really compared to other animals. Like, what can we do that's so good other than our brain? Like everything else is not great. Like we can't run fast or jump high compared to all these other things. So I want the other idea where we can become something better. Now, I just have to ask, uh, and this is going into like such deep territory, but like, I don't know. You're like this thin guy who has hair, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, know? with hair. These, yeah, I still have my hair. These things that I am not. Now, I'm constantly comparing myself and judging myself compared to other people. Do you suffer from any of that? I don't. I wouldn't say I suffer from body dysmorphia, but yeah. I definitely um, am always comparing myself and like saying like, oh, I'm not as good as this person or, oh, I wish I looked like that. Like, do you have any of that to any degree? Oh, yeah. No, I think I, I think to some degree that sort of, I don't know how to put it (laughs) nicely, but it's like, I think if you're a person that is actually thinking and like aware of the world around you, like our culture, especially American culture is always going to make you feel bad about your body, no matter who you are. Cause there's always some ideal they're shoving at you through pop culture. Cause you know, I spent most of my life, I've always been like slim and trim, but everyone's like, you're too skinny, eat something. What's wrong with you? Like, and I've lived through, and, and I wouldn't say I have any like issue with it, but it, it's so fucking tired to hear that from people. They're always like, you're so skinny. And it's like, it's just how I am. And some people are like that, but they still find a way to make you feel bad about it. Even though it's like, isn't that an ideal for every like everyone wants to be thin but when you are thin they tell you you're too thin uh yeah yeah, and then you have you know images of like here's what a man's supposed to look like and it's all these rock hard captain america you know body images where it's like well i'm not that either and i you know my body isn't going to become that because i just i'm so slim even like working out it i'm never going to build muscle mass like that so you know yeah and it is something especially as like a chubby person you don't think of very often that 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 sort of comment if you were someone who was trim and slim that hearing that could have that same effect as someone being like oh my god you're so chubby you're so big like whatever like that you you can't fathom that that would have a similar effect on someone and sometimes it can be just as like damning and and hurtful it's so yeah exactly you have to look at and no matter who you are you can you could constantly be judging yourself with the people next to you the people around you and what would they have or be and that's the other thing that i don't ever think or i think about rarely is like everyone likes something different so like even though Mm -hmm. you're like oh no one's gonna find me attractive like you are probably thousands of people's like top like you are at full on 10 you yeah. are everything to them so yeah. and it, give it's yourself always, some credit yeah and it's always hard to fathom that because you know because i think for most people that is the standard where you're there, there's always that voice where you're like i'm not good enough or who's who's even into me i think that's pretty a lot of people so it would from all walks of life suffer from that but like you said there's people out there that are like this person is perfect for me you know so th- this is the hottest person i've ever seen so you know guys just remember that 
Yeah, it reminds me of that song in um, The Loved Ones, which is one of my favorite movies. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. But I'm not pretty enough. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? When yeah, she keeps yeah, playing yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, horrible yeah. pop song over and over. And yes. her like, creepy dad is like, let me see you in your dress. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it's such a good movie. I just love the layers to it. It's like the ice storm meets, I don't know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure, yeah. And Pretty in Pink. They're like, got put in a blender and the yeah. loved ones popped crammed, out. Crammed them all together. Yeah. Oh, my God. I need to it's revisit so that, too, because I like... Watch that. This again was in the the haze of uh, too much beer. <laughs> I yeah. think like the last time I saw that, where I like I don't remember it very well, but I did. I need to revisit that movie. But thank you for getting a little deep with me. And yes, yeah, love yourself, love the body you're in, and um, and everyone. People think you're sexy, so yeah, remember that. Today. We're here to support you, everybody. We're yeah. we're your friendly neighborhood podcast. We're. <laughs> We're a big old fun time, so yeah, we want we to like make to you feel everything. We want to make you guys feel good about yourselves. Yes, well, you made me feel good about myself, Jeremy. Yes, and you make me feel good about me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other interesting things? Any horror news or yes. tidbits? Tell I, me. I listened to uh, the most recent episode of Development Hell. Oh, uh, fun. Which was kind of a break from their normal format, which they do every so often. And it was an interview with the director of that new Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <gasps> it was? Yeah, and it was pretty cool. It didn't really, like, I feel like the guy, but uh, he kind of gave away, like, pretty much the plot of the damn movie. Like, I feel like he went into a lot of detail. But for something so indie, that might help. Like, it made me want to watch it more from oh, okay. what he was describing in it, because... Uh, it, you know, it's going to get released like straight to Netflix or straight to streaming or something like that. So, you know, he's just trying to drum up uh, interest. Like people come get your eyeballs on this thing once it does come out. But uh, yeah, it, it sounds cool. Uh, the reason they did it too is because the host, his name is escaping me, but the host of development hell uh, was the writer that broke the story originally at Trent oh. Central about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, because he said he was on um, IMDb just looking for what's coming out in horror and saw that title and was like, and then found that nobody was reporting on it. So wrote a little article for Dread Central and then it went viral Exploded. and it got picked up by like, yeah, CNN and, oh you know, huge media outlets were then running stories about this thing. So did he say, was he just like, what's in the public domain? Oh, this could be interesting. Is that Ex how it that came That was about? exactly it. Yeah. It was essentially just kind of, uh, looking for some stories that could have a dark element that were in the public domain. And they're like, Oh, Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, that's a concept to run with. So, and they that's talked amazing. about how they had to take everything as far away, like character design wise and stuff from the Disneyified version, just to avoid mm -hmm. Disney getting pissed off and trying to bury this movie. So Josh Corngut is the host. Of okay. Development Hell. Yep. I love him. He's a fun little queen. Yeah, he's he's a great host. I <laughs> he's love He's a great little character. I don't listen to it nearly enough, but I tune I don't into either. Development Hell every so often. I was listening to the Halloween series they did uh -huh. a while back that was just all the unmade Halloween sequels. Were they talk about the giant Michael Myers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the one That's with the I giant Michael that. Myers. Yeah. That could have been cool. They did one on Quentin Tarantino's script for oh, Halloween God. 6, oh my which God. actually sounds like it could have been much better than the Halloween six we ended up with, but no. Yeah. 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 I know. Right. It still sounded <laughs> crazy as hell. Cause that's, you know, that's Quentin, but probably would have been a more coherent movie. So, you know, so we didn't talk about this yet. Scream six, mm -hmm. a Campbell, which, you know, I just, 
just after how well five did and everything, like I just can't imagine they were like, we're not going to pay you what you want to get paid. Like, that's just crazy to me. You know what? And I'm totally team Nev. Like, oh, give her yeah. the fucking I think money, everyone guys. Is. Yeah. yeah. She I mean, needs... I'm disappointed because I want her in it. Yeah. And I will still watch it even without her. Yep. However, I'm like, yes, she deserves whatever. And I really thought after everyone started being like, what the fuck? And like, because I think everyone's team Nev. Like, yeah, I haven't met anyone who's been like, oh, my God, what what a dumb bitch. Like, yeah, how exactly. Could she do that? And I thought they were going to like come back and be like, sorry, here's, you know, the five hundred million dollars you wanted. But yeah. I don't know how much she wanted. Whatever she wanted, it was fine. Yeah. Um, but I know Courtney Cox is confirmed. So that's good. And Hayden Panettiere is coming back. And that is my everything that made me uh, so fucking happy. So yeah, I, I, I honestly don't care about Neville Campbell because I I'll take Kirby over over Sydney any day. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I said it. Oof. OK. Hot take. I love Kirby. I love her. Love her. Love her. I love her. Oh, well, I love her. Nev, just know I'm devoted to you forever. So you ever <laughs> do, hear this? I do love Sydney. Um, but the other thing is that it's taking place in New York, which is going to be so mm-hmm. fun. And all those awesome takes oh off gosh. of Jason Takes Manhattan, but with yes. ghost space. Like, yes. make some real fucking posters of that. I want that. Because, of course, that's that awesome, like, duck guy. The mm-hmm. creepy duck or whatever he's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Posters yeah. are so fucking brilliant. And then they, they actually used... The variation of the one for Scream 5 was just so awesome because I don't know why every horror person just doesn't hire him to do their posts. He just seems to like just do them for fun. Yeah, absolutely. So fucking talented. Yeah, I want that poster. I need the Ghostface Takes Manhattan posters. Oh my God, it's <laughs> so good. But yeah, I'm really excited. And lots of people joining the cast I am not familiar with, but I'm I'm all for it. Bring yeah, it. Yeah, hell yeah. And then Chucky season two, it's like Gina Grishon's going to be on a Meg Tilly is joining. It's the first time I guess the Tilly sisters are ever going to be together in in any sort of film or TV show, which is cool. Super exciting. I don't love Meg Tilly. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. Her voice really bothers me. Body snatch. Like she's up there with Jill Sholin or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there's just something about her voice that I don't love. But yeah, I, yeah, I will take Jennifer Tilly over Meg Tilly. Yeah, I do love Jennifer Tilly. Now, have you seen Body Snatchers, the one from the 90s? I think I've seen part of it on TV because it's I like, loved it. Back yeah, then. that was the one that Abel Ferreira directed that, I think. Uh, Miss 45 himself. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, I believe it was. Yeah, I really liked it back in the day. I remember there was this like part in it where they said, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Where they said, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Because there's no one left like you and my friend and i were doing um forensics and we used it in our intro we used <sighs> that little phrase from it. that's cool so, it was probably not quite exactly that but it was close to that so yeah, yeah i've always meant to to rewatch like every version because what i think there's four now where there's the original invasion of the body snatchers then there's the one in the 70s with you know donald sutherland and Leonard yes. Nimoy in it uh, then there was Body Snatchers, mm-hmm. uh, and then there was the one in the 2000s, The Invasion, <sighs> Daniel Craig and uh, Nicole Kidman. Nicole ben, Kidman. if you're listening, Ben loves her. Yes, um, horrible. So horrible. That's why I always heard the, yeah, that one was just, I, I, I feel like they tried to like de-horrify yeah. it, like instead of leaning into like pod people, like flat <laughs> out, like cool alien science fiction shit, they tried to turn it into just like a, drama that was just not 
yeah it's riveting <laughs> just like flight like i don't know why when i think of that i think of flight plan i think they must have come out around the same time do you yeah, remember flight plan i do which I like do. in theory sounded so cool like you're on this plane all of a sudden you're with your kid and the, the kid's not there and no one remembers the kid i don't even remember how it all went down but god what a terrible film yeah it happens man <laughs> it was like a big conspiracy and yeah it just should have been like supernatural. Like it should, that's what it should have been. Like yeah. you went into the Mandela effect or whatever. And yeah. You no stepped longer. into a parallel dimension where yeah. your kid didn't exist. So. Oh my God. I love that. That's a cool that concept. Fun. Yeah. Now real quick on parallel dimensions. Have you seen primer? I have seen primer. That's a good little flick. Oh my God. Yeah. Primer's insane. Like, it is. I've seen it once and then had to do a ton of reading on the internet to understand half of what they were talking about in the movie. Which is so, uh, right, because you're like, they they don't dummy it down. No. It's very and, much like... And they're using real physics and, you know, math and science was what they're talking about in there. So the concept, I, I've read many times that if time travel is possible, they're like, this movie probably represents how it would work best, so... Yeah, it's so fucking good. But I remember being like, just just keep going with it. Don't get frustrated. You're not going to understand. Exactly. Yep. I've been meaning to rewatch that thing, too, because that was like yeah, one me of those. Too. That was like one of those best movies people have never heard of things. And in my yeah. mind. And I haven't. He's done like one other movie that I've not seen or nor do I know anything about called Upstream Color. I heard that was nuts. The poster is gorgeous with these two yeah. people laying in a bathtub. But yeah, I don't know anything about that. But yes, Primer. If you like um, time travel slash... Alt- uh, I, I don't know if it's alternate dimensions, but it made me think of that. But yeah. Primer is a good little flick. Oh, yeah. Indie. It's, it's super good. Yeah. I want to watch... Now I want to watch that again. Well, Jeremy, it's... Your turn. Now we're at that that part of the show where we share our scares <laughs> with one another. Yeah. Uh, and I go first this time. Eh? You sure do. Okay. Well, I, you know, uh, apparently I'm existing in the zone. I've decided it's summertime and I'm doing movies that make me think of the summer, summer viewing, if you will. Uh, and considering the email we got from my brother last time, I'm going to give you the original Predator. Ooh. Well, now, based on Bert's email and what you've said, I know that it's like, I think these like aliens who like to hunt. And some about the Cold War. Sure. <laughs> There's <laughs> some sort of war, something that was... Big in the 80s. Yeah, relevant made. to the 80s. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is in the first one, I think. Um, mm. And I think, like, you see from, like, the Predator's vision, and it's like, you know, you can see, like, the, like, you um see those, like, uh, body temperature things. They can, like, see that there's someone out there. That's, like, their vision. Mm-hmm. And I know that they have, like, sort of, like, maybe, like, hu- um, like, horns coming out of their faces. I don't know what you would compare them to look like. I mean, they're definitely a unique sort of monster. Like a crab. Sure, yeah, like a walking crab. Like a crustacean. Uh, But I think in this first one, it's just one, but I know more now than I knew before last week, which is that there's a whole bunch of them, and, um, and they will appear throughout various films in the franchise and in history as well. There you go, yes, there you go. That I'll tell you that much is correct. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I'm excited to check it out. Uh, cool. And I know they can be killed based on last week. So I think that in this first one, the main one will get killed. Cool. But I don't know that we'll get the revelation that there's more. I don't know that that will happen until the second one. I'm going to say we don't know that. Like, it could be the the end. Cool. I was going back and forth between two movies because I was listening to an old episode and found out something. So I'm going to go with that one, even though... Okay. Because next week is still summer, so I have also a summary type feeling. Listening back to an old episode, you're re-listening? I was listening to an old episode. Yeah, every, <laughs> every once in a while I do, or I'm listening to one and like, because I always want to make sure like I didn't like leave something. I've noticed things before. I'm like, oh my god, I have to re-edit it because I did something weird or wrong or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm weird. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to give you one of my all-time favorite movies, which in some ways you have seen. But in other ways, you have not. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it is Terror in the Isles. Oh, cool. Because I wouldn't ever remember to tell it. I was listening to an old episode. And you're like, oh, I've never seen it, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, I've never <laughs> seen. As far as I know, I've never seen it. Unless I start watching it and I'm suddenly like, oh, I saw this on TV as a kid or something like that. Because I, <laughs> I, I can remember like a handful. I, those were popular over the years was various horror compilation like movies or specials that they put on TV and I've seen a ton of them. So I've seen clips from all sorts of movies, but I know that's what it is. It's a documentary about horror movies. That's kind of just a curated clip show of like great horror movie moments. So I am. A, and I know Donald Pleasance is like one of the, I believe if I remember correctly, it's Donald Pleasance and Nancy Allen. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, are the hosts of it because I remember Nancy Allen talking about it in In Search of Darkness mm. uh, and the fact that she didn't actually get to meet Donald Plus. <laughs> they were not, a, they shot their thing separately. And the reason she took the role was to meet him uh, and they didn't actually shoot their things together. So anyway, I'm excited to watch this. Oh my God. I'm so excited to rewatch it. I love it so much. It just takes me back. And especially after like the movies you've given me, I'll be able to be like, oh, that's this, this, this. Like, yeah, that's yeah. why I love revisiting it over time. And I also have a couple in there that I'm going to ask you what they are because there's still some that I don't know. Okay. Which Exciting. is fun. Yeah. I mean, and you may okay. not know either. But Very we'll cool. See. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. And here's the second half of an episode that feels really weird to record because we did the first <laughs> half a while ago. So, uh, uh, we sure did. We stuck the black phone in the middle, and now here we are back to talk about and Terraniles. To yep, wrap up those other two. So, when you listen to this episode, I don't know if we have anything specific that's now weeks out of date or anything like that but i think i talk about pride month and how it's still pride and by the time you listen to this it won't be it will be over so but every month is pride month absolutely <laughs> every every fucking month is so deal with it yeah fucker <laughs> uh, so I, and it feels weird because i watched this now like right after i assigned it to you and so it's been <laughs> same girl uh, yeah, my, my rewatch is not as fresh anymore. But the first pick was my pick, Predator, the original Predator, directed by John McTiernan, who is also the director of the original Die Hard. So that's fun. 
Um, and the tagline is soon the hunt will begin. And Letterboxd's description is Dutch and his group of commandos are hired by the CIA to rescue downed airmen from gorillas in a Central American jungle. The mission goes well, but as they return, they find that something is hunting them. And then it goes on with more, but I think that sums it up right there. Those I think it does. That does it nicely. So um, go ahead. Your thoughts. Sure. So I think it's a fun little flick. Uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone. Nope. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> is totally dreamy. It's just, it's weird to think, like, I don't know. I think of him like Kindergarten Cop, which I don't think is too terribly long after this, but, like, that's mm-hmm. my Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he is so much younger here. Yeah. Like, he just looks like a baby. It's so yeah. crazy. Yeah, he does look young. He's in, like, peak physical condition at this point. Like, when he was doing these action movies, you know, he wasn't that far off of his uh, bodybuilding days, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this goes back to, it was your brother who wrote in about like army horror films or whatever. We had a name for it at the time. There was a name. Uh, We called it, did we call it war? War? Warrer. Like war. War horror. horror. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this plays nicely into that. My problem, I think with some of these films is I don't like lots of the the people portrayed, the men in particular, don't seem like people I want to like ever hang out with. Like mm-hmm. especially like the one guy calls the one guy like a slack jawed faggot. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. So yep. Blaine and I, as much as I think he's a dream boat, we're not going to be friends. So yeah. that's like where I can't necessarily get as emotionally invested in something like this as I can with perhaps a normal sort of slasher where the people are sort of like everyday people as opposed to soldiers or military types. Yeah. But it does add an element that those films don't have, which I I know was the, the subject of your brother's email some long while ago about like that they're making these more tactical decisions and coming at the onslaught much in a much different way. And that always makes for a more interesting story like it does here. Yeah, 100%. It's the fact that these guys should have the acumen uh, and the ability to defend themselves like in a hostile situation like this. And that's the decisions they make is based on, yeah, again, military tactics and like, how can we overcome an overwhelming enemy? It was definitely, I enjoyed like the last 20 minutes way more than I liked any of the rest of the movie, which I mean, sure, a climax is you should like more. But like mm-hmm. the rest of it, I was sort of like, Neh. and then the end, I'm like, yes, this ending is like awesome. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to the fact that like the monster's like invisible prior to that. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't feel as exciting. I don't know. There's, it just gets much more interesting when it's just sort of like one on one between like the two of them. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I've literally seen this movie probably like a hundred times, a hundred plus times in the course of my life. Yes. This is like, this is one of my dad's favorite movies. So like I saw it the first time as probably a toddler. In fact, my dad tells a story where he was like, yeah, your mom was out of town one time and I rented it and (laughs) let you watch it with me. So I was like, so I've known it like my whole life. So, and he rewatches it anytime it's on TV, which of course, in turn, anytime I catch it somewhere, like even whatever part of the movie it's at, I end up just sitting there and watching the rest of it. So I've seen this so many times, but yeah, every time I rewatch it though, I am struck by the idea that 
most of the movie is just a prologue to get you to that last like half hour of just Arnold fighting the predator. Like that is the best part of the movie. It's what I, it's what you remember when you think about the movie is that whole sequence. So uh, absolutely. That's just amazingly crafted, like action movie antics right there. Yeah. I just, up until that point, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty, I, I wouldn't say I dislike this, but I'm not that I'm just not that into you, but yeah, then I get to that end and I'm like, oh, well, this it nails the the landing or whatever that gymnastics term or sports yeah, term sticks is. the landing. Thank you. Sticks the landing. It definitely sticks the landing. Yeah. And I almost feel while while I think that the the Anna character is provides something like I kept thinking she was going to be more instrumental in the finale. Mm. So I sort of go back and forth. Like I, at one point, I'm like, maybe she shouldn't have been there at all. Maybe it should have just been the story of these guys. And I mean, I'm all for having you know female representation and women and everything, um, as opposed to just all men. But I just almost like wondered what it would have been like if it would have been just this group of guys dealing with an unknown force and not having s- that aspect. Unless it's going to play a larger part in the end. I just I thought that she was going to help him out more, but nope, she's just gone in the last act, and then you know she's up in the helicopter at the end or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how I remember it. That's pretty much what happens because they kind of turn her a little bit into a damsel in distress sort of thing. Where Arnold, like, there's a moment where she tries to pick up a gun and join in the fight, but Arnold kicks the gun out of her hand because he realizes the creature is only targeting. Um, you know, like viable threats, like them with guns. Right. That's that's good sport to fight something that can fight back. So he's trying to keep her unarmed. So it leaves her alone because it doesn't care, you know, about going after uh, something that's not going to put up a fight. So, yeah, which is like, okay, fuckers. But like that, that's why I guess I'm like, let there be a woman in it. If she's going to like kick some ass and help contribute to the solution. And she, I mean, mm-hmm. she does. Okay. I'm not going to say she doesn't, but she should be able to more. And I just kept thinking she was going to have this moment where she, like she comes out in that last second. She's a badass and she helps, you know, mm-hmm. sacrifice them, sacrifice, kill the monster, whatever. Yeah. You know, but no, my very Arnold, important question. Arnold yeah. figures it out. <laughs> oh, of course he does. Of course. Yeah. When I look at the poster for this, I see a Nintendo game. Was this a Nintendo game? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was made in, if I remember, it was made into one after, but the movie existed first. A hundred, no, of course, yes. But like, I seem to, rem- like, I don't think I had it. I don't know why I would have had it since I never watched the movie before. But I swear I know someone who had it because when I are you looking it up? I'm looking it up. Okay, because when I look at it, I'm like I remember like the video game screen or something. There it is. Yep. Yep. Activision Nintendo. I look at it and I am taken back to my Nintendo days because Mm -hmm. I played this at some point. You are correct. It was an NES game in the eighties. After the movie came out. So NES, that's weird. Why not just say Nintendo? Because that is the whole name. That's the proper way to say it. NES. Yeah, it, Nintendo Entertainment System was the full name of the. So if the you console. say NES, that you know you don't mean Nintendo 64 or whatever. Exactly. Oh, the other one? Is, that, is Nintendo 64 one? It is. Yes. Okay. You're right. You're right. <laughs> if, if you're a nerd like me, the shorthand is the NES, then the Super Nintendo is the SNES. Mm, okay. And then N64, Nintendo 64. So, Because, like, if I were to say, oh, the Nintendo to someone, they'd be like, which Nintendo? They might, if they're a dick. (laughs) I mean, if you say Nintendo, I know you mean the original Nintendo without any modifiers. Because, you know, I'm smart. 
And there was um, Chekhov's lighter here. We know, like, this lighter is going to come back into play. Yep. And also, I did like the reveal that Dylan is, like, sort of a traitor early on, as opposed to that happening in, like, the very end, being like, oh, this was all just, you. this was a ruse, you just used me. I liked that that happened so soon, even though yeah. prior to that, I honestly don't know what the fuck was happening. I, it's just like, I'm like, military things. <laughs> it, it starts with a bunch of like Cold War politics and it's really not important because it's like, okay, we got to go into this South American country because the Soviets Union turns out to be there trying to, you know, further anti-American interests in this country. And, you know, that standard of all like action movies, there's always Russians somewhere in 80s action movies. And um, yeah, and then you find out through Dylan, actually what happened was they sent in a previous team that got killed for unknown reasons, which turns out to be because of the predator being there. So and that's why they're there to figure out what happened. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. In the beginning, we see a spaceship and sort of like the predator like comes onto the earth, right? Yeah, that's like that's the opening it. shot. Yeah, but then the- we never see anything else with the spaceship or anything. Am I right? You are correct, except for the ending. Um, you don't really see the spaceship, but that big explosion was him self-destructing his spaceship. Ah. Uh, Okay. At the end of the at the end of the movie. Okay. And I'm seeing here on IMDb that Kevin Peter Hall, who played the Predator, also was the helicopter pilot. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Was that by design like, oh look, he's still alive, or just oh, we needed another person? <laughs> well, uh they they um it's something I had read said the director felt um uh guilty about having him in the suit the whole time, like they were filming in, you know, like I think they shot this on location in Mexico. So it was, it was hot. It was grueling. uh, And they were like, well, we want your face to be seen as like a consolation prize for having stuck this out as a suit actor. So he got to do a little cameo as like, Hey, I'm here. So, yeah. And he would go on to play Harry and Harry and the Hendersons as well. Oh, you love that movie. And I love that movie. So he was a, uh, He's been one of those actors where like, I know him because I love the monsters he's played and stuff, but most people don't know who he is sort of thing. So, And I have to say, Joe loved you talking about that guy from The Mummy. Noble Johnson. That, yes, yeah. Noble Johnson. Joe said he in particular really loved hearing like that story about that guy. And I, I agree. I think that that should be its own movie, uh, a movie about him. Yeah, absolutely. And Kevin Peter Hall, like, where's the documentary about his work yeah. as, a, uh, as a suit actor? Like one of those great... Uh, they're like a forgotten talent when they put you in a suit. Um, but it's not any different from anything an actor would do normally, just you're dressed up in a costume. So those guys don't get enough respect, I think. And why was the one guy shaving in that one scene? Like they're all like waiting and he's just like shaving. <laughs> this is a whole thing. Like fans debate this on the internet. Really? Um, I think it, it was a character tick that um, uh, Bill Duke, Bill Duke. Uh, and that character is uh, uh, Elliot. Oh. Mac, Mac Elliot. Mac, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that was a character tick. I think Bill Duke decided on just in developing the character. Um, and I think it's to calm him in combat. Like the idea was that when he's anxious and they're in a combat situation, he just <laughs> dry shapes his face as a, uh, as a means to calm himself. It's, it reminded me when I was in high school, I was in like the jazz choir and we were kind of like the cool kids, not like the popular kids, but we were like cool. And I remember there was this fad for a little bit of a couple of the guys like carrying around canes, like even though they didn't like need canes. Yeah. And then also like walking around like toothbrushes in their mouth. 
Like that That's was like a thing. Like they were weird. like, it was, it like took off. There were like a, like a few people in the school like walk around with canes and like toothbrushes. That's strange. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. It's yeah. like what the fuck? Why? Just a just a style choice. <laughs> Sometimes you just want a dry shave, which just seems really uncomfortable to me. But like, but you, you were know. so hot and sweaty. Like I bet like the moisture. Yeah, yeah, it just made it just, easier. So you just kept shaving. You'd like to stay clean shaven. And then I felt like the Billy character was sort of like the the soothsayer, like doomed character. Absolutely. Here. Yeah, he totally fills that like role. Like the crazy old Ralph. Yep. Of the yeah, Predator absolutely. world. Absolutely. He knew he knew shit was not going to get any better for them real quick. So, But needless to say, I'm beyond excited for Prey, which I will not watch a trailer for because I do want to be as blind as possible. And yeah. I didn't even know that's what it was until your brother mentioned it. So I'm excited for that. And I thought there was going to be a trailer when we saw the black phone. And I'm glad there wasn't because I watched most of those trailers except for um, Nope. And one other one that I just sort of ignored a little bit, but, mm-hmm. um, but I was sort of like down. I was like, I want to watch trailers. And then I kept like, eventually I just like halfway through closed my eyes to be like, I don't want to watch the rest, but yeah. And I think what uh, I think prey looks like, it's going to be a very cool return uh, to like this movie. Just keep it simple. Like a predator movie she doesn't need anything extra except, you know, people versus the monster trying to survive. Like that's all you need. And it looks like prey is returning to that format again. I think, as I said before, after they just kept playing with it and every sequel, they're trying to do something cute and new with the idea. And it's like, nah, just keep it simple, man. Keep it simple. Stupid. That is yeah. a, a term within um, the AA world. Kiss. That's just remember right. kiss. Keep it simple. That's stupid. right. Keep it simple. Stupid. Um, yeah, I uh, I mean, Predator 2, I think it's fun. I guess I'm a Predator 2 apologist. I know a lot of people uh, think pretty much all of the sequels suck, but I thought Predator 2 had uh, uh, had its moments. And Predators, Predators wasn't that bad either, I don't think. Oh my god, I just looked up Prey, and the guy who plays the Predator, his name is Dean DeLiegro. I'm not sure how to say it correctly, but he is... A gorgeous. Oh my god, I want a documentary about him too. Whoa, they put him they put a <laughs> beautiful face in the costume. Oh my god, he is gorgeous. And I bet since he's the predator, he's probably like nine feet tall. Yeah. Yep. Built like crazy. Oh my god, what a dream boat. I have to stop looking at him. But yes, I'm excited <laughs> for Prey. And I'm I'm curious. Like, I mean, obviously, people who know Predator real well will know that that's what it is that it's a predator prequel whatever mm-hmm. in that but i wonder how many people will watch it not knowing that oh i hope i hope and i wonder so. if it will i mean it's a hulu movie right so it's not like yeah. in theaters it's gonna apparently it's going straight to hulu so uh, I, I don't know i don't know maybe i guess they're confident enough in the predator franchise to do another movie but not confident enough that it's gonna make like a ton of money at the theater so but I like that they're doing something a little different with it. I think that's if the franchise is a little like, okay, have we done everything here? Do people care anymore? It's like, try something different. I'm all yeah. for that. Take some risks, especially with this. Cause yeah. You could, yeah. Yeah. You could, it's science fiction. It's an alien. You can drop them in any fricking time period you want or situation and it should work. So now do we ever, is it like an alien versus predator? Do you go on like the spaceship of like the predators? Yes, it, the aliens, the alien versus predator movie, since there were two of them. Yeah, they, they eventually like they had a scene on the predator home world. So they showed you that finally, which just kind of 
was a desert planet with a bunch of pyramids. They didn't really do anything really visually interesting with that. Okay. But, but yeah, they finally tried to flesh that out in the movies and for better or for worse, you know, that's in the canon somewhere. Okay. Uh, a fun little bit of trivia that I was like, oh yeah, I, I knew that. And it reminded me rewatching it this time when they find early in the movie, when they find the skinned, um, army rangers the, like yes. the original team that was dead uh arnold recognizes the dog tag of one of them and says hopper i knew this guy that's where hopper's name and stranger things comes from this uh, movie amazing yep so they're no like idea. yeah he has a line where he's like hopper i knew that guy and he wouldn't have you know fallen for just any trap so something crazy happened here so okay yeah but that's where the uh the duffer brothers took the name for hopper from that so this movie love it I yep. love it. Yeah, this was, I, I always enjoy rewatching this. I'm always, Arnold was like my guy. He was my hero as a kid. Like I loved all his movies and his action movies. So he was like the big, you know, star for me. So anytime I revisit these movies, I'm just like, yes, <laughs> this is a different <laughs> time and place and era. And I, I just love it. But uh, out of five, unless you have anything else to add. I do not. All right. Out of five. Um, Bad uh, jokes about genitals as told by Fred Decker multiple times <laughs> in the movie. Uh, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it three genital jokes. Cool. Um, my rating is based heavily on nostalgia. So four and a half. All right. Uh, this is like an all time. I'm probably going to continue to watch this till the day I die, like repeatedly. So um, there you go. Yep. There is a scare of approval. Scare of approval, still a scare of approval. Yeah, just about the widest range we can have in rating, but it's still a scare of approval. Okay, next up is my film Terror in the Isles from 1984, directed by Andrew J. Kuhn. And the summary is, or the tagline rather, is it it's a cut above the rest. Hmm. And the summary is a nonstop roller coaster ride through the scariest moments of the greatest terror films of all time. It was. <laughs> I uh, I was shocked at how much fun I had with this. Like I was thinking, like oh, knowing yeah? it was like just a compilation film, essentially. I guess ostensibly it's a documentary, but it doesn't really do a lot of documenting as much as it's just here's a bunch of all time great scenes from. Well, I wouldn't say all time great because a lot of them are movies. I'm like, I don't even know what movie that is. I got to look it up. But <laughs> uh, some movies of the moment, I think, made their way in there. Um, but. Yeah, I had so much fun with this. I could see yeah. how this became like a cult film. It's it's definitely less like the only thing that makes it feel documentary-ish is the Alfred Hitchcock stuff, which is taken from an Alfred Hitchcock documentary, I imagine, yeah. or special. Yeah, and then just cut into this. Yeah, that's like the most where someone's talking about filmmaking and stuff. Otherwise, it's just like silly lines, which Joe watched this with me. And repeatedly I could say the cheesy lines Nancy Allen or Donald Pleasance would say like you can close your eyes but you can't close your ears <laughs> and I'm like I beg to differ because when the scream trailer happened when we went and saw whatever the fuck it is we saw I closed both of those things yeah you, <laughs> you close to, you have to plug them you can't close them I guess you can plug them yeah you close your eyes and plug your ears and you didn't have to <laughs> see it but yeah Donald Pleasance is so much fun in this like I, I if you're a Donald Pleasance fan you have to watch this because yeah. he's just great in there. Just I like when the people are scared and he like leans in <laughs> in between them and they're like, oh, my God, what the fuck? 
Yeah, the audience members are hilarious. There's like yeah. gang members and yeah. lovers. The one and- dude just walks in and he's got like a swastika patch on his vest, like clearly <laughs> visible. And you're like, all right, I guess biker Nazis are coming to the movies too. So I think this is the first time because I watched it on my little secret site and it was obviously like they always pull from like DVD or Blu-ray or whatever is like mm-hmm. the most recent. And it's I think the first time I've seen it in like as pristine quality as it was and in full widescreen because when that guy walks in, you haven't yet seen Nancy Allen mm-hmm. and you can see her over in the corner and she starts talking and she's actually like talking but then they like do like a close-up on her and it's like and i'm like oh my god i've never like Noticed it was crazy that. for as many times as i've seen it that uh-huh. she's over in the corner and then like and i've never noticed her before but and the one other thing i noticed with it being as pristine quality which probably if you watch just psycho from like a blu-ray or whatever you notice this as well is when like the shower curtain gets pulled in you can like see I don't know if it was literally Anthony Perkins in like the getup, the mom getup, or if it's someone else. But I always thought it was just like a, a black face, like you can't see anything, but you could clearly see like eyes. Mm-hmm. And I've never noticed that before so, since I've always watched like not as great definition versions of Psycho. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that too, because definition makes a huge uh, difference. Because I specifically remember there is a movie uh, called Schizoid is the name and it okay. stars uh klaus kinski the crazy german character actor klaus kinski as spoilers everybody for schizoid but if you watch it yeah the movie presents it as if it's a mystery it's like a murder mystery and you don't know who the killer is but klaus kinski is your main character and kind of like psycho it gets revealed he was the killer all along um okay. but when you watch it now in blu-ray the prints that are available the definition is so fine uh you know, and the lighting is so nuanced now that you can clearly see it's him. Like he's okay. supposed to be in shadow in the first like kill scene, but you're like, oh, I can see that's Klaus Kinski. Like they didn't color correct or something when they when they updated this to HD. So with the nicer definition, you can totally just see it's him from the get go. So you're like, okay, where's the mystery? But I guess in older prints of the movie, it was more shadowed and muffled, and you couldn't tell who it was. So uh, okay. yeah, yeah, definition makes a big difference. So the movies that I notice and I watch them at the end that I have not seen, and I want to see which ones you've seen. Have you seen Nighthawk? I haven't, but I know of it. That's the Stallone movie. Yeah, which looks, int- there's definitely like that segment in the middle where it's like, here are like thrillers that yes. are not necessarily horror, horror movies. Yeah. But there, so there's Nighthawk, which it's like, now that I know how it ends, do I really want to watch it? <laughs> and, the, and the fact that like, uh, I laughed out loud at that clip of the old lady and it turns around and it's Stallone with a gun. And I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> and the I- gun is covered in plastic wrap. Like, I'm like, maybe I want to watch the movie to see if that's explained. Yeah, I got to see that movie now just for that scene alone. <laughs> and then Vice Squad with like the guy who like beats the woman with a, a coat hanger. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've never seen it. I've heard of it. Um, when you look it up online, it's like described as like, you know, cops are after a murderous pimp on a rampage and i'm like okay that's exactly what that looked like this looks crazy so um, it does i got it i gotta check that out as well yeah that's the one i always was like i have no idea what the fuck that is mm-hmm. and joe's like i think it's vice squad and then sure shit that's what it is and then there's like um and then clute i've never seen clute but there's one scene or maybe two scenes with jane fonda that are from clute have you okay, seen that that was from clute i've never seen clute and i there's like one where she's like having sex a scene and then there's a scene where a guy's like talking to her making like her cry and he's like playing someone getting like murdered mm-hmm. 
Because I think she is a sex worker in the movie, and I think he like had killed another one of her friends or something, is what I gathered. Yeah, I know Clued is one of those movies that's often mentioned as like an all-time great thriller. Uh, and I always just kind of thought it was like, it sounds like, from what I know, it's like a boring drama. I've got no interest in this, but I guess it's pretty horror adjacent. So maybe, yeah. maybe we'll need to check it out one day. And then the other films I've not seen are Saturday the 14th which I think is shown a couple of clips. Have you seen that? That seems I, up your alley. Yeah. I think I've seen it as a kid because okay. the s- scenes from it are familiar to me. Like, cause it pops up in uh, in search of darkness as well. And clips I've seen, I'm like, this is really familiar. I must've watched this on TV as a kid and never remembered what movie it was, but yeah, it's a, it's a parody, you know, horror mm-hmm. movie. So, and there's a scene from Phantom of the Paradise, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Where he attacks the, the guy the in the shower. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then Bats and Alligator. I've not seen either of those. Alligator is awesome. Is that the Toby <laughs> Hooper one? Oh, wait, um, who directed it? I can't remember who directed it, um, but it's not Toby Hooper. Toby no, Hooper that's... did Crocodile. Thank you. It's Toby Hooper. But Alligator is uh, its a cheese fest. It's insane, but it's fun. And that's the one where they flush the alligator down the toilet and it oh, turns yeah. into a big one, right? And it turns into... I've seen that scene. Yeah, it turns into a, a mutant alligator and goes on a rampage in the city. Amazing. So yeah, those are the films that I haven't seen. And then there's like just little tiny chunks of like cat people. Mm-hmm. And I think Suspiria and also um, a Videodrome. I think there's just like that one little shot of her like smoking. Yeah, the list I saw on Wikipedia, the Wikipedia entry has a list of all the movies included in this movie. And I saw in there it said King Kong versus Godzilla, but I'm not sure I remembered it ever popping up in there. Uh, Interesting. So if it did, it must have been an incredibly quick clip. Um, I know there's a scene towards the end where they're talking about like monsters specifically, and they show a bunch of scenes from Conga, which was a... uh, a British ripoff of King Kong in like the seventies. That's like real cheesy. So it was funny to see that cut in there of just a guy in a gorilla suit, like rampaging. So, and do you remember a couple episodes ago, we talked about the Mandela effect and Rosemary's baby. And I said, I thought that when they have that scene in here, they show eyes and they do. Mm-hmm. Which is why I thought you saw eyes. And you maybe that's you saw... why everyone, you know, who with the Mandela effect has seen Tear in the Aisles. Maybe they have, because I <laughs> it, it seems this movie played on TV a lot back in the day from what I was reading. So Yeah, and when they played on TV, this is some IMDB trivia, they had to take out some stuff and they replaced it with like scenes from like Firestarter and um the Fun House and that's where they show say King Kong versus Godzilla. So I wonder if that's in the alternate cut. Okay, because I saw online it said it that showed clips from the Fun House, and I don't remember the Fun House being in the version I watched. So no, definitely must, not. Must be in the TV version. So yeah, and I just can't. It's so weird to think this was in the theater. Like it's just such an odd thing to go see a movie. Yeah. In a theater about people sitting in a theater watching clips of horror movies. Other movies, I know, <laughs> like. But I feel like there couldn't have been that many things like this before they made it. So maybe they just didn't know what to do with it. And they're like, yeah, and I guess it's sort of there was, and I know of these because I've seen a couple of clips in them, but the that's entertainment movies that are mostly like about musicals and things like that from like the early days. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I saw they have like the un 
edited or like the full version of If I Only Had a Brain from The Wizard of Oz, where mm. there's like an extended dance sequence that doesn't happen in the movie. Yeah. Like the general movie. And I think that's where the only reason I know of that's entertainment. But because that was popular, I think this sort of carried on. But most of the movies sort of had that play on the title. Like, that's entertainment. That's carry on, which I don't even know what that means. But when this was in Japan, the Japanese title for this movie was That's Shock. Oh, okay. <laughs> to like sort of play off yeah. of that. That's cool. And the tagline, which was much shorter than the one I just read to you, but many movie posters had the tagline, if you can handle more than 100 jolts of 100% pure terror, then you might be ready for Terror in the Isles, a nonstop roller coaster ride through the scariest moments of the greatest terror films of all time. Terror in the Isles, it's a cut above the rest. It's like, Jesus Christ. Whoa. Condense, yeah, edit, edit, edit. Edit, yeah, 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 yeah. I also, I like that, I think probably the most represented movies in here are Texas Chainsaw. Like they showed a lot from that. Um, and the birds that was in here constantly yeah. as well. So I, I feel like they were hewing towards the and helping cement those legends as those are like the greatest horror movies. People still talk about them to this day as the, the exorcist as well. That was heavily represented in here. So, um, and I yeah. think, I mean, aside from Nancy Allen's appearance as herself or audience member, whatever you want to call her, then she's also in the dress to kill sequences and Carrie. Mm -hmm. I can't, I think they show her for, yeah, they do show her for Carrie, but I wonder aside from her, the other actress that I think gets the most coverage is Veronica Cartwright. Cause they show her in the birds and alien and invasion of the body snatchers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. Yeah. And this, that, that version of invasion of the body snatchers is heavily in here as well it so is, there is a lot of that and i haven't seen that in a very long time i know so it's i should such revisit, a fucking good movie revisit and that. yeah i and joe hasn't seen it and i want him to watch it but like he knows how it ends and that ending is so brilliant if you yeah. don't know but i knew because i'd seen this before i saw it so i know yeah. there you but go it was still good so i am uh i'm also looking it up too i know that uh scream factory put out a special edition blu-ray of this movie uh, and it does include the alternate television cut. Oh my God. I need to get it. Cause I would know right in a way I've yeah. seen it so many fucking times. Yeah. So now I'm interested in like, I should buy this. Cause I just want to watch that television cut to see the differences. So it's so interesting. Like, I don't remember my dad like loving horror films. I don't think he disliked them. But I think I mentioned before, like we had so many VHSs and I think he would just tape movies off of HBO mm -hmm. and then like he would label them like he would type out on a typewriter with the labels this movie and he would put like the numbers of where they started. Uh -huh. And we had so many of them that he had like a, like an old timey computer spreadsheet and we had like all the pages printed out. So you would know on video E24 was this film and here's where you need to fast forward in the numbers to get to it. Like, and that's where we had terror in the aisles and multiple other films. Like the other one that really stands out that I think about, I'm like, that's so weird was one called the truth about Alex, which was like a TV movie about a kid who comes out as gay. And mm. like these movies were, recorded long before I developed much as a person. Like these must've been like early eighties. So like, mm -hmm. it's just so weird because I truly feel this movie helped formulate the horror lover within me because mm -hmm. I would watch it over and over. It would scare the shit out of me. I wouldn't get up to turn it off. Cause I was so scared after Leatherface slammed that door. And I it just, it's cemented so many things for me. So like, I really attribute this movie to, yeah, 
why I love horror so much because it's so it's so great. I love the sequences with music and that they all do like all of these sorts of things. And, you know, especially at the end, it's like, and now it's time to go home. And it's all the people like walking home. And mm-hmm. there's just so many brilliant sequences and they're so well put together. I just love them. And I do wonder if uh, like, without knowing it, I saw a part of this movie on TV as well as a kid, because there's no way I know for a fact, I did not get to see the original like Texas chainsaw massacre as a kid, but I knew the imagery from it and I knew scenes from it. So I had to have seen this or something like this. That was a documentary that, you know, uh, or a compilation thing that showed scenes from like famous horror movies. So, um, yeah, I think, I think this is a, this is a good tool for, you know, perverting children into loving horror movies. So, (laughs) And I really, I tried to Shazam the It Dies song that has all yeah, the monsters, yeah, weird, which yeah. was so great and horrible. Yeah. And I, it did not come up on my Shazam, but I forgot to look on YouTube to see if it's there because I love it. I need that song. Oh, yeah. And also during that sequence with the song, they also had a scene from the movie Frogs. Yeah. Which is just about killer. Fr- like, And it's like a great bad B movie. My friends and I like were obsessed with it after we found it in like a bargain DVD bin at like Walmart. How would they kill you? Were they poisonous? No. I mean, the movie was pretty vague. <laughs> they just kind of overwhelmed you with force. <laughs> oh my tons God. Of, tons That's of frogs and then you die. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And then also the other weird thrillery movie in there is Midnight Express, which I would ask yes. Joe, what the hell is this movie? And he's like, it's about, it's this true story of this kid who tried it. Like, I think like, I don't know why he tried to smuggle the heroin. I think he was like sort of forced into it or coaxed into it. Yeah. He like, got it like, wasn't ex- like he extorted into it. Extorted. Yes. So it sounds a little bit horrific, but like also it's really odd to be put in this movie. I feel. Yeah. I think it, it was famous for being shocking and brutal at the time because like the story was he was smuggling heroin i think it was out of turkey um and then he gets arrested and put into uh uh prison in in that country hence the phrase you know turkish prison you'll hear referred to as being like some horrific fate uh worse than uh death where he got tortured in prison there so i I think i think that's just that movie at the time it kind of had a shorthand for being this brutal uh picture i mean he was gorgeous joe said he died from aids in the the 80s i believe he was so pretty such a pretty boy but yeah so that must be like the original broke down palace did you ever see broke down palace uh i remember it oh my god like i love it i haven't thought of that movie in a long fucking claire danes and kate beckinsale i want to say yeah and i feel like when that movie came out everybody was like it's midnight express they just uh, they just ripped it off yeah so. I mean, it really kind of is, but with girls. So, yeah. but I was so in love with Claire Danes at the time. I was like, oh, and I can still remember how it ends. It's so cheesy, but I just, she cries so good. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, out of um, uh, five joints with your popcorn, <laughs> <laughs> how many do you give Tara in the Isles? I give it a four. Well, based on pure nostalgia, since that's what both of us sort of picked our movies on, that's uh-huh. our common theme. I'll go four and a half. I would go five. I want to go five, but I'm going to just do four and a half. Okay. Okay. okay that's fine. I'm well, do four, four and, and a half. half. But that's another that's scare of approval. Scare of approval. Yes, it sure the fuck is. It is. 
And yeah, I challenge everybody, check out Terror in the Isles. Like if you're yeah. like a hardcore horror maniac like we are, I think it's worth a watch just to it, this would even be a good like background noise movie. Like I could see having a Halloween party and just throwing this on the TV. Like this would be perfect oh, yeah. for that kind of environment. So true. Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeremy, as always, it's lovely to hang out with you. Absolutely. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Me either. If anyone out there wants to write us, scaring is sharing at gmail.com. Follow us on Insta, scaring is sharing. Slide into our DMs. Rate us, write us, review us, smash that like button. Smash it. Smash it. Smash bros. That's a thing, right? Smash bros. Yeah, it's on Nintendo. Everyone loves that. Which Nintendo? Super Nintendo and Super SNES? It was originally on N64 uh, okay. when it first came out, and now it's been on every fucking system they've done since. So Everyone fucking loves that game. I know. I loved it. Okay. But that was like a million iterations ago, so you know they're on Smash Bros. like 97 now, and it's Got it. crazy, so who knows? Well, smash that like button. Rate us, review us. We haven't had one of those in a long time, so... Um, yeah, do that. some reviews. Great. Yeah, and we'd it, love and, that. Yeah, and if you are mystery person in Tappahannock, Virginia... Yeah, uh, we want to listen, you know, we want to know who you are. Thank you. And we want to know more. <laughs> yeah, I keep I'm going to hit up Alex as soon as we're done here and find out if it's Alex. OK, because I feel, feel it might be, but we'll see. OK, well, there uh, you go. well all right. Um, long live death dies tonight. <laughs> Just like tort, like screwing them all up. Evil dies. Death to video drum. And you know what, guys, till next time. Go get to the chopper. <laughs> that's Bye. my arnold i love it very good Production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.